All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. The most recent episode. The most recent episode. Right? Rather than the pilots? Yeah, and, and that wasn't intentional. Oh. It was, well, it, I guess intentional as a second cause because I couldn't find a good first version of it. Oh, either. okay. So... I was able to find the most recent version. So this could be a book. different kind of discussion. We didn't see the same things at all. Yeah, exactly. I think still similar, mm -hmm. but different. I saw the beginning of Blackish, but it kept of, of Blackish. I think I emphasized the wrong <laughs> part there. Um, but I it cut out like three minutes in. I am not really sure what what compelled me to want to do an episode about Blackish. It's not like on any lists yet. It's still only been on for like three years or something, but it's been critically acclaimed and Tracy Ellis Ross won the Golden Globe yeah. there a couple of weeks ago. It just what else, seems like it's important. What else has she been in? Uh, What's she famous for? I don't know what she's famous for. Her mother is Diana Ross. Oh, gotcha. So that, I mean, that's something in itself. Yeah. Before that, I think she was just like a character actress. Like she might've been on I, th I think I saw something where she was on CSI or something. Right. Okay. But maybe she had another show. Okay. I'm not very learned in her career. I think she was funny in the pilot. I know that much. Right. Um, but you know how pilots are. There's just so much setup. Yeah. And it's it's really, at least as they establish the premise, it's really this show about a bunch of people who are totally chill and cool with who they are. Mm -hmm. And then the father, who's kind of militant. Right. Um. He's, or, or rather, he's just kind of annoyed that nobody around him seems to care that they're black. Right. Like, there's this discussion at the, at the table about, about Obama, and the littlest kid says something that leads him to believe he doesn't realize that Obama is the first black president. Right. And then he goes around the table like, you knew Obama was the first black president, <sighs> right? And they were like, yeah, I guess. Like, to, to them, it didn't matter. Because right. he was the only president they've ever experienced. Right. And so he's trying to convey to them the um importance yeah just just the, the the heaviness of their ethnicity right it's and it's funny because it seems like a show that the pilot basically really hits home what the show's supposed to be about but right. but the episode that i saw was basically like there was not much it wasn't about them being black at no, all no it was about okay. both of them trying out therapy the husband and wife and like the kids kind of like having their own issues. Okay. In the background. But see, I would argue, and I didn't see it, but it, it just seems to me based on what they set up in the pilot is that this is, this is uh, an American black family with uh, a father who's been successful in business and a mother who's a doctor, I believe they're like, mm -hmm. they're a high earning, high class black family. Yep. But the idea is that they culturally speaking don't necessarily fit perfectly into traditional white roles and neighborhoods. Right. Now I don't say that to be racist. I just mean they have white neighbors who look at them funny. Um, and so I think the idea is this is a black American family uh, trying to live life amongst what is often thought of as white culture. Like an example of going to a therapist, I think would be thought of as a white thing to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Does that sound totally ignorant it of me? More, it more really seemed like they were kind of 
kind of tapping into the whole like mental health. Everyone's got mental health issues kind of thing. Like it seemed like they were tackling the snowflake thing. Um, maybe like everyone's a snowflake. Everyone's a special oh, snowflake. No, not necessarily. They were both just kind of tackling how they deal with anger and neither of it seemed to go back to having anything to do with them being black. Right. Which on a show called blackish, you might expect, but obviously there's been like 60 episodes. They're not going to go at that approach. So, so intently yeah. every episode like my, they did in the first episode. My, my first concern before watching a minute of the show was, is the name blackish inherently racist? Like does lifestyle represent what it is to be black or is being black what it is to represent being black? Cause that's, that's the, the joke in the title, right? Yeah. They're a black family, but they're not, they don't have the, the, the traditional black lifestyle. So they're right. really only like sort of black. Like I remember going to a high school, going to high school with a guy who was black, but he was like part of my group of friends kind of like mm-hmm. he was a theater nerd, maybe more so than anybody. Right. And he was like a comic book dork and everything. And I remember people used to say he's so white for a black guy. And like, that's not a thing you could really get away <laughs> with saying anymore, but he kind of embraced that. He was like, yeah, that's sort of true. So there's something in us mm. that understands. I was going to say, the, we're the perfect people to be having this conversation. Right of now. course we're not. That's why, <laughs> that's why I'm, that's why I was, I was a little iffy about the title blackish. Sure. I was like, well, Are we is that able okay? to talk about this? But when he, okay. when he says the term blackish in the pilot, he says it with disdain. He says like, no, we're, we're black. We're a black family. We're not blackish. We're a black family. Right. He's trying to, to make sure his family understands that they're a black family. Sure. So it's almost kind of an ironic title. Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, it's funny because I was talking to a friend the other day, my friend in the Bahamas, who was saying he runs an Airbnb and every week he'll have different people in there. And he said some of the Americans that go there are like, it's super disappointing to hear the things they say to him. Really? <laughs> and meanwhile, he's like all about customer service. So he's kind of like, well, all right, like just pay me at the end of the week. <laughs> but uh, he didn't want to lose his tip. So they say ignorant things to him. Oh, totally. Like they're like, oh, Fritz, we love you. Like you're totally not what we expect a black person to be. Oh my God. <laughs> and Fritz is like, thanks. <laughs> like, like, how do you respond to that? Like, this is the conversation he was having with me. Like, what do I say? Like, Hey, thank you for that. Like <laughs> there's that so I'm... many, so many issues with that particular line, because first of all, it implies they've never met a black person before. And yeah, so they or, were just or, inventing or one that they liked or got yeah. along with. Like, so he's there like oh he's the exception to the rule okay and like he should be proud of that like Mm. you broke the mold yeah yeah exactly meanwhile he's he's like oh god people are just so racist but he also said that interestingly like he just said there's one thing i'm never going to talk about with anyone no matter like where they're from and that's politics he's like man some of the like crazy trump make America great again people that come and stay at my place yeah it's like insane I just have to bite my tongue and be like well sure if you guys want to have a fun time like I know go to this bar I'm going to Florida in uh the first week of May yeah and I fully intend to see plenty of bumper stickers that imply that I mean it's it's in the south right and my parents were in Florida last year and they they were there for when the lawn signs were up Mm. and that's a good example of the bubble in which we live which we've talked about before yeah which is that However, however conservative people might be 
in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. for the most part, they're not Trump supporters, or they would not be Trump supporters right. were they Americans. But, I mean, obviously, there's a, a good chunk of them down there in the That's, United yeah. States of America. Yep, that is crazy, too. I wonder uh, if we're fake news. <laughs> I wonder if this podcast is fake news. I don't think so. No, it's I not. I think we're hardcore real, th- real yeah. news. Yeah, exactly. Google's banning a bunch of fake news right now. 200. 200. Different, different publishers. So is there any publishers that you recognized in that list? Like, did you see a list? I didn't look closely at the list, but there is one. Yeah. Uh, and Facebook has received a list now, too, right. that they're going to start rejecting. Interesting. Which is great and necessary. Yep. Yeah. So was it all fake news or was it perhaps like some bloggers that were just misinformed or was it intentional people? Was it fake news or was it alternative facts? <laughs> was it alternative facts? No. Um, I, I don't know what the line is there. Cause like when I hear fake news or at least when I used to hear the term fake news, I just think of the onion. Right. Right. Like I used to, and I've occasionally done radio breaks based on some weird news story I found on some obscure site I'd never heard of before. Right. And then I find out after the fact that the site I took it from is a parody news site. Sure. And that was always annoying and embarrassing. What's really annoying is that the CBC has started writing these phony uh, parody articles. So it has the CBC masthead at the top of the article, and it's this thing about, you know, a guy who... Uh, trained a dolphin to be a maitre d or something, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So and CBC is making parody. Yeah, parodies? they have a parody, uh, a parody news site like within their division now. Oh, that seems really unnecessary. Doesn't that yeah. seem kind of unethical and confusing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's frustrating, and that's been an issue a couple of times. Wow. There was like one article I did a break about, and I felt embarrassed because somebody called me and they're like, "Just you know that you just you were mistaken. That's not a real thing." Right. It, this story about um, an apartment building, like a a, a multi unit complex, not unlike the one I live in, sure, uh, with two hundred units in it, was built and ready to be opened when they realized they had no bathrooms in it. <laughs> and like I don't. And when I tell that story now, yeah. of course that's a fake news story. Right. But I bought it, and so. Then, back in the day, mm-hmm. when times were simpler, I just assumed fake news was a problem because it could be misleading to people. Right. Not because it was brainwashing people. Right, not because it's propaganda. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely... Well, they say, like, Russia was inserting fake news into Facebook. Yeah. And, like, so that's where the Russians really had their effect, I guess. Well, and the other thing is... I mean, Donald Trump's got some nerve calling uh, reporters fake news or calling the organizations they represent Mm -hmm. fake news when he's the one who gets up there and tells lies. Or like the first thing he had his press secretary do is get up there and tell a big lie. (laughs) Period. Period. Yeah. Yeah, John Spicer. Oh, man. We we drifted off blackish way quicker than I thought we would. That was bound to happen. Can I just say before we go any further and while we're still on presidents, mm-hmm. uh, the day after our podcast went up last week, I was at my parents, I was having dinner and my dad comes into the room and he looks at me and he goes, can I give you a history lesson? <laughs> <laughs> so I came in the next day after finishing the podcast, just because there was one point in the podcast where we were trying to figure out who replaced Nixon, who succeeded Nixon and Sweets suggested it was LBJ. Right. And I thought that might have been a little bit like for some reason I thought that was way earlier. And it to turns be out fair, it was. to be fair, I wasn't confident in it, in it either because I was pretty sure he was a Democrat. Right. And that wouldn't have made sense. And it, as it turns out, he was a Democrat. 
But I think so was Gerald Ford, wasn't he? Oh, you're gonna make me. <laughs> you're gonna make me assume shit again. Let's find out. I don't know. In any case, I don't think was, he could have been. It was Gerald Ford who Gerald Ford party and uh, LBJ died in '73, which was a year later. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what you were confused. Gerald about. Ford was a Republican, of course. He was a Republican. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, moral of the story is my dad is supportive of this podcast. Listened within 24 hours, but is also a yeah, history awesome. nerd, and mm. was probably very frustrated with his son. Right. <laughs> And as I would, was I. And I, Leah, I just thought to Google it the next day just so we would know for sure so we could possibly get in front of that. Right. Right. So that uh, our other listener mm-hmm. wouldn't be too disappointed in one it. Of our, one of our listeners. Yeah. Um, executive producer Larry Wilmore. Did you notice that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I don't know if he's like one of the showrunners or whatever. Right. But it's interesting. What do you, how do you feel about Larry Wilmore? I think he's funny. Yeah? Yeah. Like as a Daily Show correspondent? Yeah, I think he's funny as a Daily Show correspondent. I didn't watch any of his show at all. Me neither, but... Is it is it canceled? Yeah, they got canceled. Oh, and he sucks. he kind of went on a bit of a pity party over it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I almost feel like my perception of him is just a little bit skewed because, you know, I use Reddit all the time and they were never a fan of his. And I, mm. I, I the sense I got was that he really used the black thing a lot okay and i mean again is that allowed it's not for me to say Mm -hmm. um he obviously is a good comedy writer because he had the respect of john stewart right but in the little bits uh, of of his wilmore report or whatever it was called um it did always seem to be focused on the black issue okay so it's not hugely surprising to me that he'd be attached to a show like blackish right okay um I, uh, yeah, I wonder if he, like, writes on it, or... I don't know, but at the end, it said, a Wilmore Films production. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so he could be, like, a huge producer on it. For sure. Wow. Um, the, yeah, I thought it was a funny show. I laughed out loud a couple times at it. I feel right. like the characters have really developed. Like, well, really, they had no choice but to develop the characters. There was 24 episodes in the first season. Yeah, I, it's so interesting how removed we are from that perfectly ordinary traditional format that has existed in network television for 50 years. Right. We're so moved off of that in the last couple of years. But yeah, and I think in like the second and third season, there's only 13 episodes. Oh, maybe. But I think the first season of Community was the same way, where it was like there's about 20 episodes. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if they start. But you understand 22 episodes is an ordinary network season. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But but if you look at most shows even non-network shows aren't they down to like 13 14 no no No. like the office first season of the office was six episode the next eight eight episodes the next eight seasons Mm -hmm. 22 apiece really yeah 26 i think at a couple of points wow yeah all right we're just so used to it being 12 or 10 and now netflix seems to be releasing eight episodes per season right I think that's why some stars are getting on board with so many Netflix shows because they they don't have to do as much. <laughs> yeah, although the episodes could be any length. Right. It's True. also just a great way to get seen in mm-hmm. a Netflix show. Get seen quick. Yeah. Um is there, there's another season of Love coming out, isn't there? I wondered it's about that. I went looking uh not too long ago cuz it's been more than a year since the first season came out. Yeah. And they are scheduled to do a second season, but it in the second season slot on their IMDb page it just had that thing where they say January 1st, 2017 is uh, the release date for all the episodes. Gotcha. Like that was just their guess. Right. And that obviously did not turn Sometime out to be true. Sometime in 2017. I don't know if a lot of people 
really got into it and Netflix doesn't release numbers. Right. So it's hard for me to know. But I thought they did renew it for another season. Well, it looks as though they did. Yeah. Okay. Judd Apatow is working on the Pete Holmes show now, though, too, Crashing. Right. Uh, for which there are a couple of different trailers. Have you seen them? No, I've just seen one. Yeah. It's uh, it's exciting. I'm yeah, looking forward to that. Good. Um, the good. Uh, was there anything else about Blackish that we wanted to cover? Um I don't know, like a couple of a couple of points I brought I, I wrote down just based on the pilot. Like I was all ready to criticize this moment where um in the opening in the opening scene he's getting the family ready for the day and he's all amped up because he's pretty sure he's gonna get this promotion. Yeah. And you see that in early episodes of TV shows all the time. Mm-hmm. The, the the patriarch who's excited to get the promotion that he's due. Right. And then he goes into work and the boss is delivering, he's standing and delivering this speech about how somebody is really uh, shown above the rest and right, somebody sure. is really, and it's, I'm like so ready, so ready to criticize the cliche of how, they're trying to pull a fast one on us. And Anthony Anderson is like standing up and he's shaking his shoulders and he's getting all excited. And you're so ready for them to say somebody else so he can be embarrassed. Right. But then they don't do that. And oh. they, they do give him the promotion. Oh, cool. But what he's annoyed about is that the promotion is they put him in charge of urban development. Oh, and so I he's see. like, so they made him the token black guy, literally. Right. So that's what he was kind of annoyed about, but it wasn't a cliche. So they, did end up catching me by surprise, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they were really trying for that surprise too. Exactly. So that was the example of clever writing that I, I took away from it. Nice. Other than that, it was just a, a cute show about a charming family. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I thought the first, I, I was not expecting Lawrence Fishburne at all. Is he a regular in the show? Is he me always there? I had no idea. Was he just in the pilot? It's interesting. He was, uh, in the episode you watched, and he was, was he? Well, no, sorry. That I watched the first two minutes of the first episode. Oh, okay. So I kind of have an idea of where. I don't know how many been. episodes he's been in, but I gather that he's at least in it periodically throughout the series. Right. He wasn't in the third third season. Okay. But but like Wanda Sykes was. Oh. As like one of the people working with him, and who else was? Another one. Another one of the girls, like who was one of the aunts on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Like, yeah. One of the Aunt Viv's? No, no, not one of the Aunt Viv's, like Aunt Viv's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I would watch more episodes for sure. After it's on for a few more years, and it seems like it probably will be on for a few years, Mm -hmm. which makes me happy for Anthony Anderson, because it seems to me he's had a bunch of shows that were not big deals. Totally, and movies, and he was kind of just like a bit character actor he's always been around but yep. he's like probably finally got the thing that's gonna you know earn him enough money to right. to do what he wants yep. and and it's a it's a it's got it's a show with some integrity so that's cool but after it's been on for a few more years it'll be interesting to see how they develop the kids because that's always the challenge when you start a sitcom with a bunch of really small children right and usually they do they start it with a bunch of really small children so the kids aren't adults in a few years when the show is still on. And that's exactly what they've done with Modern Family. They have a bunch of little kids, and now most of them are grown up. And so you kind of, you struggle a little bit with, where's the cute factor? Do we have to bring in a new kid? Sure. Um, When do we start sexualizing the little girls? (laughs) They do! I know, I know, I'm just joking. I'm just reacting because it's true. It is. And I'm also kind of like, uh, do I need to 
speak on this. Um, but the thing about uh, the kids, I watched the third season, and the two kids in Blackish were mm-hmm. like two young Mannies, like like Manny from Modern. Oh, Family. really? Yeah. Like so the if, twins? Yeah. The twins are, are named Jack and Diane, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jack, Diane, Rainbow. Yeah. Um, but like the Melon Camp song, they're named after. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's really weird. It is weird. Um, but yeah, so they were, I don't know if that's their thing all the time. They, so they were like by, super highbrow. That's what, that's what it is. They're yeah. like, they're like kind of highfalutin and high class. Yeah. They like understand on a deeper level. Okay. All of, they're, they're very sensitive. That's yeah. Manny's thing is he's very he's sensitive. Very, yeah, no, they're they're kind of anti-sensitive but very intellectual. And, okay. And they're kind of talking about how they want their parents to divorce so the, <laughs> the kid can, so they can both like reap the benefits of each side. And then when it turns out at the end that they're, you know, they're not going to therapy and they're doing better that way. Um, it turns out that they're like pissed about it. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, when they're, I see them together, I just want to light them on fire. <laughs> they said that. Was Were they bad. going to therapy for like couples counseling? No, sorry. I, I, that was kind of misleading. The show starts and rainbow is trying to convince Anthony Anderson's character about, um, how he should go to therapy because he has all these outbursts of anger. Right. And she goes to therapy and it really helps her every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so they swap and he starts taking her her therapy sessions and she kind of is like, I will be able to feign sanity for a couple weeks while you take these. But she, she falls apart and he falls apart because he he's too in tune with his emotions and like taking a step back just makes him break down. And, you know, he's talking about the janitor that always makes eye contact with him and how that makes him want to punch him in the face. Okay. And, yeah. All right. So, anyways, they realize at the end that there's a happy medium, and uh, they, you know, sh- therapy's right for her, and therapy's not right for him, and he has his own way of dealing with things, but kind of has. And, and it's funny because they actually have narration, so they can really drive home the point of what the show was. Okay. In the end, we realize <laughs> that yeah, like that's actually how the show ended. Uh, so in the end, you would recommend? Yeah, I would recommend it. Sure. Me too. Watch. I, I think it's actually on right after Modern Family. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that they were both on ABC, but but they were congratulating Tracy Ellis Ross at the end of the Modern Family episode mm-hmm. I watched. They were congratulating Tracy Ellis Ross on her Golden Globe win, and they were like, and more uh, blackish coming up next. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we paired those two shows, I guess, just because they're both about modern families. Yeah. Not really for any other reason, but they're both popular sitcoms and and kind of like they're sitcoms that are of a higher brow i guess it's not like watching the big bang theory where it's like i don't want to say fart humor but it doesn't feel easy the writing on those shows or or at least it wasn't early on with modern family that's a show that's been on for eight years now so they're starting to dry out sure it's understandable but even so like i i watched the most recent episode you watched the pilot yeah do you want bring us through the pilot a little bit because i kind of wonder what that so you haven't like, seen the pilot? I don't think so. I would really recommend the first season of Modern Family in general. Like I, I probably watched the first four years. Yeah. And by the end of that phase, I was kind of like, all right, I, right. I see what we're doing here. This is harmless, but I'm going to bow out. Sure. Uh, the first season, though, is really something. It's yeah. really very funny. Um, so they take you through three different depictions of what you might consider to be modern families. Now, do you... 
Are you familiar with this expression outside of the context of this show? Like, what is the modern family? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But right, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know what the definition of the I don't know what the definition is. Is, is either. But when used, it, it, it would probably refer to a family that's not traditional beaver cleaver family. Sure. Yep. For example, this gay couple has just adopted a baby from Vietnam. Right. Or uh, Sofia Vergara and her son from Colombia marry this uh, middle-aged to senior man right. and they're living in his mansion and they have their own little happy modern family. Right. And then there's the much more traditional family, sure, which is man has a fancy job. She, I'm not sure if they would even really qualify for the term modern family because I think she's a stay-at-home mom and they have three kids. One's a teenager who's starting to date boys. The other is the nerd. And then the third kid is the token uh, dim-witted one. Right. And then you discover in the end of the episode that they're all one family. So it was kind of like This Is Us, oh, no where way. they didn't reveal it until the end of the episode. You've been following these three different storylines. Yeah. Um, and then there's some talk about how we're going to see the family later on at Mitchell's house. And then they just all show up at the same gathering. Right. And I remember seeing oh, that cool. and being, being surprised by it. Yeah. In hindsight, it seems silly to have not picked up on it. Right. I... See, I feel like I would watch every episode of Modern Family, and you're probably right. By the around the fourth season, I might start getting like used to what the show was. Yeah, but because I haven't seen that many episodes, anytime I flick on TV and there's a rerun on, I always laugh at parts of it. I yeah. find the writing really funny in it, and I definitely did for the last, the most recent episode that I watched too. I just find it always holds up. What happened in this episode? Uh, I find Phil so funny. Um, Phil reminds me of my dad so much. Really? And my dad is like mildly insulted by that, but he also knows it's a lovable thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, in this episode, Manny and uh, what's Phil's son's name again? Luke. Manny and Luke were uh, going to college. So they were kind of checking out this college and staying, wow, okay. staying at a dorm. I know. I turned on the TV and Jen was like, that is not the little boy. Like that is not Luke because he looks so different. Oh well, yeah. Now he's like, he's a man. Right. But and, he was like uh, the cute kid on the show. And so was Manny. Right. Exactly. And Manny, Manny hasn't changed his looks a whole lot, but right. his voice changed a lot. Oh, so it's, it, well, not a lot, he, but he's got that kind he would of have like to have. mid pubescent, like, uh, sure. Like, kind of, getting deeper yeah um and uh so they were checking out this university and luke was feeling a lot of pressure and and uh phil was basically trying to be like the cool dad and yeah. saying stuff on the university tour <laughs> and uh meanwhile sofia vergara's character what's her name on the gloria show? gloria was trying to get manny used to uh college by hazing him and doing like different <laughs> different pranks all through the episode like okay. tying his shoelaces together and putting, that seems like, like a thing jay might do or yeah, phil might do right and yeah but no it was it was her and he, okay. meanwhile he's very sensitive and he's not dealing well with all the all the things the and changes you kind of realize that she she doesn't deal with the changes well either right. like they've always been together so it kind of hits her hardest and and meanwhile the um there was kind of three plots going on in, in the show. And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. And the other one was, um, God, I wish I knew all of the characters names, but the big gay dude. Uh, yeah. Eric stone, stone street is, um, Cameron cam. Yes. So cam is with, uh, 
Cam is with his niece yep. at the other niece's um, coffee shop that she works at. Okay. And the, Alex and Haley are the kids. Yes. I remember these names pretty well. That's good. Yeah. So Alex is working at the uh, cafe. Okay. And um, Haley is with him and they just came to get some free coffee. And then he realizes that one of the girls in the shop is the same one that robbed him of a, of a fatherly moment because she stood up with her iPad during uh, the <laughs> dance solo uh, that his Lily's daughter recital. was having. So, so completely like cut, cut him out and he couldn't see anything. And he was like trying to get her to sit down, but she wouldn't. So he missed the whole, uh, the whole dance solo. And right. he's like, I had to lie to my daughter and say that her <laughs> dancing was fantastic. Was her dancing fantastic? I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, they do some creeping because he only saw the back of her head. So they go to like, look at the iPad and then she comes out of the washroom. She leaves the iPad on the table and then she comes out of the washroom and they kind of hide it. And then you realize she's supposed to meet a blind date. So he fakes being the blind date to find out more. And she ends up telling this really like heartfelt story about how it's actually her son that's in the dance class. Mm -hmm. And he's sensitive and creative and dance is the only place he, you know, he gets picked on and dance is the only place. Where, and, and you see Eric Stone Street getting kind of like, you know, teary eyed. Yeah. And, uh, She's like, so I'm just so happy that I recorded all of his dance recital on my iPad. And he's like, I knew it, you horrible person <laughs> like me. So, yeah, there's, there's a little twist there. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was a f overall funny episode. And what was the other part? There the Phil and Claire part. part? There must have been. Yeah. Well, Phil was at the university. Right. But Claire and her brother... And her dad were at this wedding, and her mm. their mom was there too. Okay, and they all end up sitting at the same. She's kind of like, crazy, I think. Yes, she's yeah, crazy. Everyone's trying to avoid her. See, one of the one of the big turnoffs over some time was Claire. They they kind of turned Claire into this lunatic. Right. She became this like really high maintenance, controlling person, and she was manipulative, and she wasn't nice to Phil. Right. And it, I just thought they kind of pushed it a little bit too far. And another yeah. another trope I thought they were leaning on too much was how uptight Mitchell was. Like the Mitchell and Cameron storyline. First of all, I didn't think it was that progressive because I found they the whole every every single episode was about them having a fight. Like right. they bickered constantly because he was too uptight and Cameron was um, inconsiderately flamboyant. And right. So it was just kind of the same repeated uh, formulas. That's a good way of putting it over and over again. Yep. Uh, but you know, funny is funny. Sure. And it holds up. I mean, everything's going to get tropey if you do it for eight seasons and it's yeah. hard to find a new way of doing that. Right. But they went on such a run with the Emmys for like five years. I think they are tied with Frasier for winning the most consecutive outstanding comedy series Emmys. Right. And I don't think they'll win anymore. I think that's done now. I think it's passed now. And I kind of think, I mean, is Veep winning that now? Yeah. Um, and probably that, I mean, unless there's going to be some some new uh, revolution in the television industry, network is not going to win most of the big things anymore. Right. Um, but there's another cool Emmy fact. Apparently when they started shooting, like before they even taped the pilot, mm -hmm. all the actors got together, or at least the adult actors, and they made a pact that they would only ever submit for awards as supporting actors in the cast. Oh, wow. None of them would ever submit as lead actors which would just kind of uh, 
drive home the message that this is an ensemble show and nobody right. is ahead of anybody else. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. That's a cool, because I, I, for a second I was like, wait, has Sofia Vergara ever been considered the main actor? No. And I, I the only people I could think might be considered the lead actors would be Phil and Claire. Right. I don't know why. I guess because they're the most normal. I was going to say they're the most normal. They're not really. But anyway, they've all been nominated, I think, or at least most of them have, right. and a, a couple of them have won. And so Phil is Phil Stephen Levitan? No, he's the creator of the show, Steve Phil, Stephen uh, Levitan. Stephen Levitan is. But, but isn't Phil also one of the writers on the show? Not that I've heard. Oh, no? What's okay. his name? Shoot, he was in a, another good movie I really liked. Yeah, I find him so funny. Yeah, he's extremely funny. Was it a comedy, this movie that you saw, or was it like a drama? Uh, I think it was a drama. Oh, you know what? Uh, first of all, his name is Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. He was, yeah. in, um, he was in that movie, The Skeleton Twins with Bill Hader. Oh, God. I Did you see that? It. No, I only got through like the first 20 minutes and he I played like He played like a teacher of Bill Hader's or something. He was right. like a few years older than Bill Hader, but they had like a sexual relationship, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, filmography, I'm looking at him now. He has no credits as a writer. No. Okay. Or a producer. Oh. So there. That upsets me because I really thought, I convinced myself that he was. I mean, he's a great physical comedian. He I is. don't know how much improv there is in the show, but right. he's really selling that character. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, so speaking about awards and stuff that, uh, uh the Oscar noms came out yesterday. Is basically yes, what I'm yes to say. they did. Yes. What do you uh, think about that? Uh, I mean, I don't think there were a whole lot of surprises. No. And and do you think that looking back five years from now, any of these movies are going to be the standout movies of the... You know, there's a few years where... Sure. You know, you had The Departed and I think like 2010 or 2009. And it was up against like The Blind Side. Which, yep. And it was just up against like five other movies that, that seemed like... Or like whoa, sometimes you see an old classics. clip from an old... An old Oscar ceremony in the 90s or whatever, if you're a nerd like me, you do. Sure. And you see like the Shawshank Redemption and Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump in and... the same category. Sure. Are we living in times where the, I don't know if Two that's... of the most quotable movies of all time. Two of the greatest one. films, period, sure. of all time. Which I, I often judge movies being really good by how quotable they are. Because if the, they can be really good movies, but if they transcend like... And are able to be repeated on cable television all the time, like the Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump, right. and they're accessible for all. I just think even better. What do I always say is my favorite movie of all time? Back to the Future. Well, that's pretty quotable too. <laughs> but no, The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. which is the most quotable film of all time. Right. Um, and and Rob Reiner really went on a tear there for a couple of years. Like he made When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. This is Spinal Tap. Was and, the Princess Bride and the Princess Bride nominated for Best Picture? No, okay. it was it was relatively um, underappreciated in its time. Like it didn't make a lot of money. Really? It had the potential to. They had a big budget, but yeah. it didn't make a lot of money, and it didn't. I think it got okay reviews, okay. but it's one of those things that's really become a cult classic after yeah, the fact. Better with through time. VHS right. reviewings. So I brought up the nominees here. Um, the big the big takeaway, I guess, is that. Whether it was intended or not, there will be no accusation of Oscars so white this year. Right. No issue there. Well, and I've heard that they've broadened the scope of the of the Academy as well. Like, they're more diverse this year than they were before. You mean the voting members? Yeah. I mean, that might be true. 
The, the only thing I would say, and again, it's not my place to say, but trying to consider all aspects is that there aren't a lot of roles that could be played by anybody that aren't given to white people. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there, there, there are a lot of black actors and actresses nominated, but for black roles that are about being black. Right. And that's great if you can, if you can excel in that, but wouldn't it be nice to just see uh, a black guy playing the Ryan Gosling character in La La Land? Sure. It is. Especially since it's a movie about a jazz pianist. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Is is Hidden Figures nominated for Best Picture? I believe so, yes. So I think that that has the the capability of being the most quotable of the movies. It's definitely the least bleak, and I think possibly the most quotable. La La Land's not bleak. Possibly the most... F- oh, right. And right. that's really going to be the one that stands the test of time yeah, of these films. Sure. So that's definitely more of a sunny movie. Yeah, and and I'm not just saying that because I loved it. I mean, it's it's just very widely being praised, and I mean, unless you're Aziz Ansari, you really enjoyed the right from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, um, what did you think of Saturday Night Live this week? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a little a little mild, and I think probably intentionally so. Like they already had in their back pocket that they've got Alec coming on to host in two weeks, right? So. He's he took the day after the inauguration off, mm-hmm. and he'll probably not be on this coming week either. Because why would they spoil his upcoming hosting show with another sketch? Like unless they have to do a Trump sketch, right? Uh, but on, I find it like kind of hard to not do a Trump a presidential sketch two weeks in a row. Yeah, right but I mean, like inauguration. I know it's different because it's Alec Baldwin, but especially as long as Kellyanne Conway's out there. I mean, they'll do a true. they'll do a Sean Spicer sketch. They'll do. Yeah. Maybe another Vladimir Putin sketch, or they got all these weird uh, cabinet members now. Right, that's true. They have such a crazy, a motley crew. Crew, yeah. Um, I thought that the uh, I thought the monologue was good. It was nice to see some stand up. Of course, I didn't think it was quite as good as Dave Chappelle, but I just don't right. think I like Aziz Ansari's stand up quite as much as Dave Chappelle. It right, really, and I like Aziz Ansari's stand up. I think yeah. he's really funny. Um, but I thought, I thought the show was funny. I thought he made a lot of the characters funny. Yes. Like from the, the, can you beat the nerd? The bookworm one. The bookworm. It was such a funny premise. If you know Aziz, because he adores nineties, uh, pop culture. That is his area. It seems like he just made all of the jokes. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was very good. I thought he was very funny. The show was not about Aziz Ansari in any way. No. Um, but that's Okay. Yeah. I guess it was just kind of a soft. Totally. I, you know what skit I thought was the funniest of the night? What? The Melissa Villasenor dirty talk one. Really? I thought that was so funny. It was funny. I cannot get past her real speaking voice. It's it kind of deep, isn't it's, it? It's, it's, she sounds like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Why? Like she can do excellent voices. Yeah. Why does she, she have that as a regular voice? I think, I think everyone just has a natural <laughs> voice. It's the weirdest natural voice I've ever heard. Yeah. It is a, it is a little strange. I, I, and funny, I wonder though. what she's like in person. Like I want to see a normal interview with her. I don't know. I remember seeing her a little bit on America's Got Talent a long time ago. Oh, she was on America's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah. She was. Oh, I didn't know that. It was like it was like five or seven years ago. Yeah. But she did like Kathy Griffin and Sarah Silverman. She's sure. a very, very good impressionist. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's definitely why she got hired. I'm trying to think of some of the other she's, sketches. I always have a hard time with. I this. would say that she's the purest impressionist 
female, the purest female impressionist that they've had on in a long time. And I don't say that yeah. to, to take away from Kate McKinnon, but Kate McKinnon kind of, you know, made Hillary Clinton her own and Absolutely. Kellyanne Conway her own. Like she's not, although it, she's really got the voice down with Kellyanne Conway. You think so? Yeah, I, okay. I do, but I hear you. She's right. a, a physical performer right. and a voices performer. There are always a couple of token people in the cast who are there because of their impressions. Right. Like Jay Farrow was one of those people. She could be like considered the the female Daryl Hammond or Jay Farrow. Yeah. yeah. Like Dana Carvey was hired for impressions. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon was hired for impressions. Definitely. Um, that's definitely one of the reasons she's there. Although, you know, I was watching an old episode of uh, SNL a couple of weeks ago because after Carrie Fisher died, they had an episode where she hosted in 1978 or something. Right. It was like super early in, uh, in, the, in the SNL history. And... Uh, there was a sketch with Gilda Radner. Okay. What was she doing? She might've been doing, fuck. It was that character that she did on update with the big hair. Rosanna, Rosanna. Yeah. Dana. Rosanna Dana. Yeah. Um, my mom commented about how, um, boundless she was just about how like there was no shame. It was just like completely full force, insanity right and i said to her credit that's what kate mckinnon is yeah there's 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 no there's no boundary to mm-hmm. to what she's a willing willing to do to to make you laugh and yeah. i'm appreciating that more and more definitely we talked a little bit about the uh barack obama send-off that they decided to do at the end the more i think about it the less i think that they needed to do that yeah stop I, they it. didn't need to do it at all no stop it it's and, and i said i said there's things you can do to honor what the president has done and keep in the vein and the essence of what SNL is, which is a comedy skit show. Right. Like you can do something where you, like I said, I thought it was funny at the end how uh, Cecily Strong brought out the mug and she said, here, we got you this mug. And that's a, that's said, a good line. It just said world's greatest president. Like, yeah, that was funny. And you could have almost made a skit about that. Even yep. if it was breaking the fourth wall, Yep. I think it would be kind of a funny thing to do. But I don't think you need to do literally just sing a song that already exists next to a, unless you're making up the song, which sure, that would be in keeping with what SNL sure. is. And, and it's funny, but literally just next to a, a portrait of a hopeful Barack Obama. I, As I if know. he died. He didn't get hit by a bus. Right. He's on vacation for a few days and then he's going to come back to being like an active citizen. Mm-hmm. And we already know that I didn't like them eulogizing leonard cohen with a a live song with right i think they were eulogizing uh hillary clinton first and right it just happened to be good time sure yeah um i i appreciated that more although yeah. hearing your argument i see why it applies in both cases and i do agree that snl shouldn't forget that it's a sketch comedy show and it's not there to like make you feel better other than to make you laugh right. like it's not score i'm feeling good about myself now no, absolutely. And, and I also, can we say, I love Cecily, and mm. I know she can sing because I've heard her sing, but she was not singing she well. She was, like, nervous. It was, I, it was, she was nervous, or she had a cold. Right. But you could see it on her face. She knew she was off-key. Yeah. She, you could right. see it in her eyes. It's hard to get she's it like, back live. She's like, I know this isn't going well. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, about halfway through, Zashir Sameda comes out. Right. And Who sings, can sing really well. Sings really well, but, like... It was just awkward. It was just like, it starts with one girl and yeah. it finishes with two girls. Yeah, you almost kind of thought the whole cast was going to come yeah. out or something, but that didn't happen. Like we were really waiting for the black girl to come out because it doesn't, it's not really, it doesn't really matter until the black person says it. Right. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was forced and shoehorned and silly. 
it was yeah and and what sucked even worse was was big sean all like wasn't great oh i didn't even really watch his performances. yeah it was like like you go from chance the rapper to big sean and chance was awesome on us yeah it was a super entertaining show and meanwhile it's like uh here's big sean yeah and he's literally just got like a backtrack and kind of like quietly rapping over everything next wasn't into it. time they're taking the, this weekend off but next time they've got Kristen stewart hosting has she hosted before may i don't know i don't know that she it, it would seem kind of uncomfortable for her to host i always give her the benefit of the doubt people kind of rag on her yeah. i actually think she's an excellent actress yeah and i actually think she's probably a really cool person yeah sure. like i sense that on talk shows that sometimes she's she comes out she's a little nervous but then she says a like a really dry joke and for right. whatever reason it usually lands on me. Right. I like her. Someone made a made a point of like if you see people looking uncomfortable on talk shows, they're probably the most normal people in the world. Yeah. The crazy ones are the ones who go out and are like, Yeah, whatever, let's do this. Exactly. Fine. That's so true. Yeah. Um and when Alec Baldwin hosts, he'll be breaking his own record for most hosting ever. Right. Seventeen times. And Ed Sheeran is gonna be his musical guest. So we've started playing the new Ed Sheeran song on the station. Yep. Uh, he has two new songs. He released new, two new songs on Apple Music and Spotify. His album comes out on March 3rd. Right. I heard there's one that you like and one that you don't like. Who I was said talking that? to Dan about it. Oh, yeah. He said that? Yeah. That is true. I mean, like, the other one is called Shape of You. It's fine. Right. It's not, a, it's not an annoying song. Right. But it's just kind of more like Ed Sheeran's white boy acoustic hip hop. Sure. His, um, his point was just that you guys both liked a song. So he was like, so... Chances are that they're probably going to go with the other song for this single because we both like it. But Right. I, except for that, I'm almost okay if the song I really like isn't the song I have to hear three times All a day. Time. Sure. Um, again, it's just kind of like the two different sides of Ed Sheeran. The other mm-hmm. one is the sensitive song. And it has made me cry three different <laughs> times already. It has. Really? I'm in this new new thing, man, where I cry at stuff. I don't know why it, and it's never like, I'm, n- I'm not sobbing, Yeah. but like that video that's going around of the little girl singing, you've got a friend in me with her dad, I've been totally made me well up yesterday. <laughs> and I cried at something else recently. Oh, was, This was Is Us. I, I cried at an episode of This Is Us. Oh, uh, okay. Um, God damn, sweets. You're so emotional. I know, but it's this, it's Castle on the Hill is the name of the Ed Sheeran song. And it's not a, it's not a romance song. It's a, just a song about his boys. Okay. Like back when he was like, 16 oh but, i see and it just reminds me of my friends and it's i don't know it's a special song oh yeah that's sweet mm-hmm. um, i'm really very sweet <laughs> um, now i have to hear that song three times a day and it's <laughs> we we strayed away from the oscar and it's but, callous. yeah but the ones that we think are the ones we thought really were gonna get nominated ended up getting nominated la la land moonlight yes. lion um manchester by the sea right Hidden Figures and Fences? Is there six altogether? There's nine. Let's go through them. I got them okay. open here. Actor in a leading role, Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. for which Constance Wu was calling him out on Twitter. She doesn't think it's good to celebrate an actor who's been accused of sexual harassment. Who's Constance Wu? She's an actress, too. I don't know a whole lot about her. Interesting. Um, the details of those allegations is that he sexually harassed, allegedly, two women on the set of I'm Not Here, which is this movie with Joaquin Phoenix that he directed right. in 2010. yeah, yeah. But they settled it out of court, which means he paid them. Yeah. Um, so her point, Constance Wu on Twitter, is that he he bought uh, respect back and that now we're celebrating his acting job when we shouldn't be doing that because art is supposed to be about humanity. Um, Fair enough. 
but we don't know how guilty he is. We have no idea. Sure. Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, which is the unfortunate movie this year. There's always one Oscar movie that I, I want to see, but I can't because I know oh, that okay. it'll make me pass out. there's violence. Uh, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. I think Captain Fantastic is the movie I want to see most out of all those. Yeah, but that's the only nomination for that movie. Eh? Right. It's just him. It's just Vigo will get nominated for anything. He's a cool actor. Yeah. And he's another one who's awkward on talk shows. Is he? Uh, supporting actor, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Heller Highwater, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, mm-hmm. and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. I haven't seen that, but Michael Shannon's an amazing actor. He is. Uh, actress in a leading role, Isabel Hubert for Elle, Ruth Nega, Loving, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Sure. Congratulations, Meryl. <laughs> actress in a supporting role, Viola Davis for Fences. She, uh, she broke a record. This is the first time a uh, black actress has been nominated for three separate Oscars. Why is it supporting actress? Is it, could she not have been in... I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen hidden figures or fences rather i haven't seen fences but she's the supporting actress in it okay uh naomi harris for moonlight nicole kidman for lion octavia spencer for hidden figures michelle williams for manchester by the sea now one of the snubs in animated feature was that finding dory didn't appear i was actually kind of pleased about that sure just because it's pixar doesn't mean it needs to get nominated it wasn't that good Um, people are really liking that kubo and two strings i want to see that i heard it was excellent yeah directing Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson. Right. Again, we're not opposed to nominating people who might be degenerates. <laughs> La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Um, we'll skip over the ones that, that people don't care about. Which is pretty much the rest of them. Pretty much it? the rest of them. Uh, two different songs from La La Land in the original song category. Okay. Uh, instead of there just being one and inserting one of the original songs from the movie Sing Street, which was my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Not super surprised, but two songs from La La Land isn't necessary. And Lin-Manuel Miranda got his Oscar nomination. So he, for what? For Moana, for How Far I'll oh, Go. Oh, gotcha. So if he wins, which he almost definitely won't, he will be an EGOT winner. He'll and be an EGOT winner. He'll have an EGOT. He, does he have an Emmy? Yep. For what? For uh, SNL? A Hamilton special that aired. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think that's what it is. He definitely has an Emmy. And Grammy for the soundtrack to Hamilton? Yes. Uh, Tony for both Hamilton and for... uh, The Heights. The Heights. And he's also got a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, man. And... uh, Man, I hope he wins the Oscar. And a MacArthur Genius Grant, which would mean he'd have a top gem if he has an Oscar. Top gem. We talked about that. And Best Picture nominees, Arrival. Mm Mm-hmm. You might be pulling for that one. That's the only one of this list you've seen. I love that movie. It's going back to theaters, and they've added eight minutes to it. Yeah, I wonder where those eight minutes fit in. Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. A yeah. lot of serious ones in there. Yep. yep. Um, I, yeah, I got to I gotta buckle down and watch all these. Yeah, I, other than Hacksaw Ridge, I don't think there's anything in there that would disturb me too much, so I'd like to check out as many as possible. Totally. Kind of enlighten myself a little bit. They're not for another month or so. Right. Yeah. Early Feb. Oh, I booked a trip to the Bahamas. Did I tell you that? Oh, congrats. Yeah. Sweet. Were, were you going... planning on going to the Bahamas? We were planning on going somewhere, and then Fritz, my friend down there, offered up his Airbnb. And oh, great. And a deal. And so you're just paying for flights. Well, we're also paying for the Airbnb. He's just giving us oh, a at a discounted rate 
and it's good for me because I, you know, feel comfortable walking around the Bahamas and like going wherever. And Jen's happy because there's a beach and a pool, and that's really what she wants to do. Um, Are you anywhere near that famed Bahamas resort that you see? What's Atlantis. It Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, like like we're, you know, that's on a technically an island that connects by a bridge, but we're probably a fifteen to twenty minute drive away from that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, so I, I just, it's a small island. Like, I just use that as an anchor because I know what the water looks like there. Right. Well, Nassau um, is like one of the Bahamian islands. I think it's, I guess, the main one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can you could drive across it. It's like PEI, basically. So when are you going? Uh, the week after next. Oh, my God. So this is kind of whimsical. You're just suddenly going yeah. to the Bahamas super soon. February 11th is when... When we booked it for it was really like the only week that worked for both jen and i so we said let's do it that's incredible yeah oh, oh i made great. i made a really funny joke about jen watching ncis tonight okay and i told her i would share it with you All right and she actually laughed really hard at it and the joke was uh if i see any more mark Harmon, i'm gonna be self-harming <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible oh yeah no was, i like it this is a bad one but what do you call a acapella group full of emo kids self-harmony yeah i saw it yesterday on reddit saw that on reddit yeah, yeah. i'm on reddit at too least too much you and i have all the same material at now. least twice <laughs> hourly oh it's my job yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. show prep it is kind of awesome really um Basically, Anything else you want to say about about Modern Family and Blackish? What were you going to say just then? No, I'd, I'd recommend both of them. I'd recommend both of them. Of course, they're both good. I mean, yeah. you don't need us to tell you that. Both the, funny. The I, honestly, I had it. my doubts about Blackish. I wasn't sure that it was oh, really? going to be so good. Yeah. No, it was, it was a little better than I expected, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. Should we point out that we thought about uh, bringing up the Cosby Show on tonight's podcast because it's been a while since we actually talked about something that's considered like of the great TV shows? <laughs> it got snubbed. It got snubbed way. by a Hollywood Reporter and the Cos and uh, Rolling Stone. I guess just because of the fallout from Cosby's scandal. I think so, because there's some some shows in the top 100, which we've done, that are... Like, pro- Moonlighting doesn't need to be in there over the Cosby show. Right. Uh, but then again, fine. Yeah. Except for that, out of context, it is one of the great TV shows ever. Yes. We've talked about that plenty of times. Totally. Speaking of people who have very disgusting personal lives. <laughs> we should do a podcast about Woody Allen's Amazon show. Tragedy yeah. in Six Acts or whatever it's called. You know what? There was a couple of shows that I, when I was going through the list, I was like, shit, we haven't done that yet. We haven't yeah. done this yet either. Um, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia is on there. Yeah. That's and a good that one to just do. came back on. Okay. Like just Homeland is back now too. Homeland is back. As of about a week ago. Yeah. I, I watched the first three seasons of Homeland and I liked it, but there was like a point where okay, I was well, kind of like, those oh, shows don't, don't really pair up to together very well, but those are Homeland relevant shows. And it's always set in Philadelphia. <laughs> There's that through line between those two shows. Well, we could they both yeah, have bad people in them. I'm down whenever to do, I mean, if you wanted to do two Amazon shows for that matter, we could do transparent and Oh, transparent's the, a good one to do. Although the, when, when is transparent? I don't know. seems like we should do it when it's happening. Yeah, maybe I'll find out for us. Transparent. But, oh, uh, did you hear that they are rebooting the spinoff for How I Met Your Mother? No. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, it's on in September. Transparent. Okay. Um, when How I Met Your Mother was ending three years ago, they shopped around a pilot called How I Met Your Dad, and it starred Greta Gerwig in like the main character role. Right. And the narrator was 
uh, Meg Ryan playing like the same character, such as Bob Saget was for, sure. for Josh Radner. And the idea was it's the story of a woman telling her kids how she met their dad. And first of all, it was awkward that it was called How I Met Your Dad because the show was called How I Met Your Mother. Why don't you go How I Met Your Father? Right. And CBS passed on it. They're like, no, we don't want this show. So it got So is it the ditched. same is it the same story? But from the other side, no. or it's just a totally different, different people story. altogether. Gotcha. Because we know that the mother in How I Met Your Mother dies. <laughs> dies. And that's kind of a sad way of looking at a show. Different character altogether. And we already have an actress for her. Anyway, right. that never happened. But here we are three years later, and somebody else has written a new pilot called How I Met Your Father mm-hmm. that they would recast. Um, and they have, uh, who are the people who are writing? Uh, the This Is Us people wrote it whoa so maybe it's good what the fuck uh yeah i know you think that they have their plates full with a thing that's yeah but they were like we want to do a how i met your mother spinoff so badly that i admire the shit out of that i guess and they must have really liked the show carter base and craig thomas who made how i met your mother are going to be executive producers which they weren't on how i met your how i met your dad so maybe that's a sign that this is going to be better awesome but it's also a thing that doesn't need to exist sure but that's that's the thing I've been following the last couple of days. It's been updated a couple of times. Interesting. You would follow that. You you were praying that's, at the church of how I met your mother. At some point, we're gonna have to do a podcast about that. I don't know if if some news comes out that they're gonna release How I Met Your Father this September. Yeah. We'll wait and do how do a How I Met Your Mother then. Right. But whereas Transparent, I don't know that we need to wait. I think we should just do two Amazon shows. Let's do Transparent and uh, the Woody Allen Show next week. All right done wow i love this prepare the prepare. <laughs> sometimes like it's wednesday morning right and you come into the studio and you're like what shows are we gonna i know watch today and this is it's funny like if you're listening to this this is as prepared as we get yeah. us having just a 30 second conversation being like oh i don't know two amazon shows yeah. great let's do it it's we're good. done yeah well and amazon is relevant right now because they just got their first uh, academy award nomination with manchester by the sea Oh, Amazon produced that movie. Yes, they did. Holy shit. So that's why we're celebrating them. Do you Not know how Casey much, Affleck, Amazon. Do you know how much Amazon's stock is right now? No. For one share of stock, it costs $838. <gasps> oh my God. Amazon just killing it. That Bezos baby. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. That Bezos baby. Yeah. Well, you think that's, we're over an hour? Always trust uh, Jeff Bezos. We're at 59 minutes. 59 minutes. Yes. What about if I talk really, 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 really? Are we at out an hour? No, you still you still have fifty one seconds what left. The f- <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing. That's fine, buddy. I'm gonna yeah. tack an intro on the front of this. Oh yeah, we're gonna be well past an hour. We're good. Great. God bless you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you for joining us once again on this evening. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Never got tired.